0: This is the sound of 45-year-old Charlonda Thompson. She's blowing into this plastic contraption. She's trying to force these three ping-pong-sized balls to the top of this plastic tube called a spirometer. She's practicing breathing. This is the sound of coronavirus recovery. You're listening to We Lived It, a partnership between the Detroit Free Press and the Michigan History Center. We aim to help future generations understand this novel coronavirus pandemic, and bringing this generation together while we live it. But this is the story of an Inkster couple who had to spend a great chunk of it apart because they both had the virus.
1: My wife and I, we have been um, following the stay-at-home advisory. And uh, we were here for about a week.
2: And when this whole virus started, I kind of was getting concerned because I have vasculitis. I've been dealing with that for two and a half years.
0: This is hospice nurse Charlonda Thompson and her husband, 42 year old middle school math teacher David, speaking to us back in May of 2020. It had been weeks since they could see each other in person, weeks since they could embrace.
2: My immune system was already compromised. So I decided it would be better for me to work from home if I could. So they actually created a job for me. I was doing that for about a week. And that Friday, I just wasn't feeling well. It was kind of like the light flu symptoms. So I called off for that day. And by Sunday, it was horrible. It was very hard to breathe. I felt like I was a dog panting for water. And then my husband wasn't feeling well either.
1: We noticed that we both were developing the symptoms of uh, COVID. So we, um, you know, we tried to nurse ourselves at home and eventually our symptoms just got too bad. Uh, For me, I experienced um, uh, difficulty breathing, uh, uh, fever, uh, severe cough, extreme lethargy. It it was just tough to
2: do things that normally come very easy. So my sister picked us up, took us to the ER. They quarantined David um, at home, but I had a fever of 102.4. I was coughing the dry cough, body aches, sweating, chills, just pretty much casebook, textbook from what we were seeing at that time.
1: It was at that point that they took our vitals and they admitted my wife because she had an underlying condition. And they sent me home and basically told me to treat it like I had the virus. So I went home that night. And um, my sister, she was calling in and checking on me every hour on the hour. And uh, she had called, it was like six rings and I didn't pick up the phone. She continued to call, and I still didn't pick up the phone. She sent my sister-in-law over to the house to check on me and that's where she found me on the couch. She knocked on the windows, knocked on the door. I didn't hear any of that going on. And I was not responsive for quite some time. I remember waking up in a hospital and asking the nurse, where was I at? And she told me that I was at Beaumont Wayne. And I said, uh, okay, what's the matter? She said she has COVID. And uh, my sister, she had called me and uh, she said, okay, they're putting Charlonda on the vent,"
2: And the next thing I, I remember is waking up in ICU, intubated. I don't remember getting in trouble. I don't remember getting to the point where I needed to be intubated, but I just remember waking up in the ICU.
1: And, you know, I remember seeing on the news that once you get on a vent, you got a 20% chance to survive. I said, well, those aren't good odds. It was just, it, it was just, it was like I was in a state of disbelief. I started telling my sister about our insurance giving her some instructions, and I didn't make it out. But I remember
2: saying to myself, my wife is a fighter. I, I thought maybe I was intubated for two days and come to find out, I believe it was 16 days total. So being a woman of faith, I prayed and I said, okay, God, I'm gonna do everything I can to get my life back, to get my strength back. And I just pushed forward. And after talking to my husband, it was like, okay, yeah, I've got something to live for. I've got a life to fight for. And he said the same thing.
1: What the COVID virus does is it, it just—it tries to break you down. It's unrelenting. It's, it wants you to just give up.
2: He started walking around. He was like, I'm not laying in this bed. This virus wants me to give up and die, and I'm not gonna die. I'm
1: laying in the bed, and my sister says, "Okay, this is what I want you to do, David. I want you to." To sit up on the edge of the bed and I want you to try to breathe and so she talked to me I'm sorry <laughs> and so she talked to me for several hours and I noticed that by the end of the conversation that I was breathing a little bit better it's was like the more I fought against it, the more I thought about I have to be there for my family, I have to be there for my wife, I have to be there for my friends. The more I thought about those things, like it, I just, I just, I, I didn't want to go to sleep. And so when they came in, they checked my oxygen level and um, it started to improve. And the rest has been just recovery since then. It's been a hard road, but we're coming back. We're making a comeback.
2: I was in that bed. I I really was like a baby, like a newborn. I couldn't walk. I couldn't stand. I'm holding this pencil. I could not grab a pencil, a box of Kleenex. I couldn't do anything. And that plays on your psyche. It's 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 been a journey. And I know I have a long way to go, but I can do it. You said five? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: We've been together for twenty years and I'm so used to having her by my side, just you know, look looking to her just for that 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 love and affection. You know, I'm just like peas in a pot, so to speak. It's, it's like when you don't have that next to you. It's just, it's still, it's difficult. And I remember when my sister told me that they were putting her on a vent. Man, I don't think I would be able to manage life without her. You know, it was just
2: so hard. Good job! Yay!
0: Sheronda and David Thompson's recovery was slow and challenging. Shalonda says she couldn't even have done it without the medical staff and nurses behind her.
2: Every department, they know exactly what you need to get you where you need to be. I couldn't say that I would be where I am today without your help. So you did all the hard work. We just helped to point you in the right direction. I really appreciate it because it can be really scary when you're thinking that you're not going to get your life back and... I appreciate it, I really do. You're, You're amazing. I was just about to say, know that you are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Who's picking you up? David and his mom. Cool. Very cool.
1: I am so excited to see her. I can't wait. I can't wait.
2: I can't wait. <laughs> when she told me that she was working as a hospice nurse, after I heard her sing for the first time and looked at her and I said, Please tell me that you sing for your patience, because that is an amazing gift. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. I think now
1: it's going to provide us with that much more vigor, that much more enthusiasm, that much more willingness to enjoy the moment because tomorrow is not promised and just appreciate the little things in life and um, I, I'm pretty sure is gonna do the same thing we're gonna continue to grow, we're gonna rehab together, we're gonna finish our rehab together
2: <laughs> and if you threw a party we're gonna finish our rehab together knew you will see gift would be from me and the card of test would say thank you for being a friend. Okay so this is Char. She's leaving us today. How you feeling <laughs> about going home? Uh, I'm excited. Hi. How are you? <laughs> Hello. We got this. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again.
0: We Lived It is produced and reported by Darcy Moran, Carrie Jr. II, and me, Tad Davis, with help from Kristen Sheamus and Mandy Wright. Project materials are supplied by the Michigan History Center, with a special thanks to Mark Harvey. Our executive producers are Marianne Struman and Anjanette Delgado. Our editor is Peter Batia. Everybody has their own story to share about this COVID pandemic. Submit yours by leaving a three-minute telling at 313-288-0370. And check out Freep.com to learn more.
2: Nailed it. Good job. Isn't a beautiful voice? <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Thank you.